A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Dallas's Classical Education Graduate Program. With a dedicated faculty and staff drawing on extensive experience in the classical tradition, the Classical Education Graduate Program benefits from the strength of the university's nationally recognized core curriculum, which embodies the UD's dedication to the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue as the proper and primary ends of education. The Classical Education Graduate Program combines the ethos of this core curriculum with a concentration on the theory and practice of classical education, bringing these to the working and aspiring classical teachers, school administrators, and home educators around the country. Earn a classical teaching certificate, a Master of Humanities degree, or a Master of Arts degree in classical education. With an extensive array of online courses, the program is designed to meet the schedules of busy classroom and homeschool teachers. In addition, for a limited time, the classical education program at the University of Dallas has scholarships available that can reduce the cost of the program by up to 90%. That's 90, 90%. Don't miss out on this opportunity today. Visit udallas.edu slash classical ed to start your application. Again, that is udallas.edu slash classical ed. You are listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I am Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 2, There Goes My Hero. The proverb for today comes directly from the Lord himself. It is my favorite proverb of Jesus. Not my favorite saying, not my favorite thing he ever said, but my favorite proverb. I'll give you the proverb, say a little bit about Christ's relationship to it. Here's the proverb. A prophet is not without honor, except in his own country. That's Jesus. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. This is my favorite quotation or favorite proverb of Christ's because he's at his most Solomonic here. Christ, of course, a great student of the whole law, 
all the prophets, the whole Old Testament. But this seems to be Christ speaking from the same spirit that drove Solomon to write most of Ecclesiastes. It's a little glib. It's a little sarcastic. If you've read Ecclesiastes, you know that Solomon was not someone who gave everyone the benefit of the doubt. Solomon did not think well of every last human being on earth. And if you read all the Solomonic books, you know that he was not one to condemn everyone or to think well of everyone. But like Aristotle commends in the rhetoric, he judges everyone carefully. Solomon might have been hopeful, but he was not an optimist. In this quote, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Seems a little world-weary. There's a slight knowing grin I cannot help but seeing when I think about it. What's the context for this quote? Well, I'd like to say a few words about that question before going on. We're still early. We're still young in the life of the proverbial podcast. And so I'd like to address the issue of context for a moment. What is the context for this quote? Now, what I'm about to say, I don't mean in an absolute sense, but so far as Proverbs go, it's my argument that the context for this quote does not matter. Now, I know this occurs within a particular conversation Christ is having. I know that he's not well received in his own hometown. I know that broadly speaking, he's not received well on earth, even though he is a man. And there's the famous quote from Athanasius that, uh, or not the famous quote, I suppose the famous idea from On the Incarnation that mankind proved that they wanted to worship a man and so God condescended to them and gave them a man who was worthy of worship. And in that sense, there's this broader context for this quote, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country which might be read as Christ, the second person of the Trinity, is endlessly honored up in heaven, but when he takes on the form of a man, other men won't worship him. I want to suggest early on in the life of the show, though, that when we're considering Proverbs, context doesn't matter. And I would say that a proverb is a statement about which the context doesn't matter. That's what makes a proverb a proverb. And in this sense, Jesus does not just speak proverbs. There are points in his ministry where Jesus lays out complicated arguments. He tells stories where you can't take a single moment in the story and pretend as though what came before it and what comes after don't matter. But a proverb doesn't need context. It's like a photograph. It's like a still frame from a movie that looks good enough on its own that you could hang it on a wall. And that's the power of a proverb. The power of a proverb is that you don't have to go spend an hour reading a book just to figure out what the quote means 
at face value. Now, as I mentioned in the last show, not every proverb can be understood at face value, but a lot of them can. There is a deeper meaning to proverbs, even that makes sense at face value, I would conjecture, most of the time. But the power of a proverb is that you don't need to know the biography of the person who said it. Now, because proverbs deal with nature, modern men don't like proverbs. Modern men don't like claims about what's usually true, what's often true, as I mentioned in the first episode. But modern men also don't like proverbs because proverbs don't need context. And this might be more of a postmodern tendency. Postmodern men love to contextualize everything until it has no bearing, no meaning on our lives at all. The postmodern man wants to study the biography of any great intellectual who said anything and make the experience of that intellectual so particular to certain demographic truths about that person that it doesn't matter for anyone who doesn't share those demographic similarities with the author. I think this is another reason why proverbs are vexing to modern men is that the proverb claims to stand on its own without context, without knowledge of who spoke it, which means that you can't argue away the meaning of a proverb or the value or the truth of a proverb just because you don't like the person who said it. You'll often find Christians who quote Friedrich Nietzsche freely. You'll find certain Presbyterians who quote popes of the 20th century as authority. You'll find people who quote their ideological opponents as though their opponents are authorities. That's one of the unique universal values of a proverb. Is that a good proverb transcends the prejudices and particularities of the person who said it. So a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. What's the context for this quote? I'm saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying that this thought is sufficient to stand on its own and that there's enough wisdom in this quote that we don't need to find where Christ said it. We don't need to find who he said it to. This is the kind of thing that you can mutter to yourself at various points throughout the day without knowing, without caring what the original context was. So my interest in this quote is obviously tied up in the fact that I am a teacher. And as a teacher, I'm not a prophet, but there are certain similarities that teachers and pastors and priests have with prophets. I'm not trying to aggrandize the teaching profession here, but there are similarities between classical teachers, classical educators, and prophets. And one of those similarities that teachers, pastors, priests all have in common with prophets is that they should speak on behalf of God. 
the prophet aims to stage an encounter between divine truth and human intellect. And a teacher does the same thing. A teacher stages an encounter between the student and truth, beauty, goodness. And those are divine attributes. Those are divine manifestations. So there's a similarity between the prophet and the teacher in that way. I'm not trying to make the teacher out to be something he's not. A teacher cannot speak on behalf of God the way that a prophet can. But I think you understand the similarity here. That the teacher is not merely concerned with facts. The teacher is not merely concerned with objective truths, but transcendent truths, divine truths, truths that depend on and reveal God. So what does this mean? A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. How come? Why? Why is this true? What does it mean at face value? Like a lot of Proverbs, this one seems to emerge from within this larger story. So what the quote from the Lord assumes is that a prophet is honored other places, just not in his own country. Well, why? I suspect that a lot of this, the, the face value of the quote, has to do with the fact that everyone from your own country has known you since you were a child. The people from your own country remember back when you were in diapers. The people from your own country remember when your voice was cracking when you were 13 or 14. The people from your own country remember when you got turned down for prom by a pretty girl. The people from your own country might also remember you getting B's and C's on your report card. They remember a lousy speech you gave once, sophomore year of high school. And now you claim to speak on behalf of God. This seems rather outrageous. We know too much to believe that you can speak on behalf of God. Pretty girls won't listen to you. Why does God listen to you? So far as people from other countries are concerned, though, you might have sprung fully formed from the forehead of Athena yesterday or a thousand years ago. So far as the people from other countries, no. You were never actually an embarrassing, diapered, squeaky-voiced little child. And so they accept you because they don't know any better. The prophet is a part of a kind of fantasy that people who are from other countries indulge in. So what does this mean for a teacher? A prophet's not without honor except in his own country. A teacher's not without honor except in his own country. If we take the quote to mean or to imply that a teacher's not without honor except in his own country, 
What the quote suggests is that a teacher should be a somewhat unknown figure. That a teacher should not be a buddy. A teacher should not be a pal. The teacher should keep a kind of cool distance from his students. Now, I know that this might rub a lot of people in the classical community wrong because what we see often enough or what we assume goes on in public schools is this extremely distanced relationship between teacher and student. We imagine what happens in public school is this kind of purely transactional relationship between teacher and student. The teacher has so many students, he does not know them well, does not develop real relationships with them, thus he does not care about them, they don't care about him. I'm not arguing for that kind of distance. At the same time, I would say a teacher ought to be a little unknown. I think a teacher ought to try to figure out a way of inviting whole classes into his home from time to time. I think a teacher should be one who tells personal stories, who tells stories from his own life that vindicate the claims about morality and piety that are made in the books that he teaches. So I'm not arguing for a kind of reserved, distant, unknowable figure. Just one who's relatively unknown. Familiarity breeds contempt. Another proverb that might sit neatly underneath a proverb's or a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Familiarity breeds contempt. And so while the good teacher wants his students to know and appreciate his person, he doesn't want to be chummy with them. Now, I think that you've all probably seen this sort of thing at least once or twice in the last 10 years on social media. It's never, I want to say never great. It's a little anxiety inducing when a pastor or priest starts a Facebook account and shares freely from every little thing they do and every little belief they have. Why? Why is it that you, maybe you don't want to see pictures of anyone's dinner, but seeing pictures of your priest's dinner, getting your priest's thoughts on every little news story that comes down the pike, doesn't necessarily make you think more highly of your priest or your pastor. Those things can actually make it far more difficult to hear the priest or the pastor speak on behalf of God because you know all the other things that come out of their mouth. And in that sense, it's a bit helpful if the teacher's a little unknown or a little weird, a little strange. There are aspects of the teacher's life that are kept, I don't want to say secret, but just undisclosed. And the students know it. And the students might like to know more, 
But the teacher knows it's best that his students not be privy to every last little thought that he has and every last aspect of his life outside of class. There's another maxim that's commonly traded among veteran teachers. And it strikes me as a kind of saying that young teachers find ghastly, but old teachers understand. And that's don't smile before Christmas. Again, in the classical community, which is a community that commends warmth, hospitality. This quote can seem as though it commends a hostile relationship between teacher and students. But I think don't smile before Christmas, like familiarity breeds contempt, help explain a prophet's not without honor except in his own country. Another proverb, a Solomonic proverb, that gives some shape to the saying of the Lord. Even a fool is thought wise until he opens his mouth. Which means it's very dangerous to open your mouth. You stand to lose a lot. In many words, sin is not absent. Some of the upshot of the saying of the Lord, prophets not without honor except in his own country, has to do with the prophet's need to keep his mouth shut more often than he might want to. That the prophet will want to say more than he is allowed to. The teacher will want to say more than he's allowed to. If you've seen the television show The Crown, you remember that significant moment from the first season where Elizabeth is told that she no longer has a personal opinion. Your personal opinion does not matter anymore. You don't have one. If you want to reign for a long time, the personal Elizabeth has to bow to the public Elizabeth. And the public Elizabeth is who you have to become in your private persona. And I think there's some wisdom for the teacher in that saying as well. So now we're talking about teachers, we're talking about prophets, we're talking about queens and kings. The teacher, like the prophet, like the king or queen, has a public persona that must be used as a shield, but also a platform. And a prophet's not without honor except in his own country, because in his own country, he's known as a private person. His private person is known. His personal tastes are known. Which is dangerous to him because the common people might begin to see themselves in the prophet. Which is going to make the prophet familiar. So the good teacher should be friendly with his students, not familiar. Give them presents, tell them stories from your life, but don't read them your diary. Be circumspect, be careful when you take on the mantle of the teacher. And don't become 
too well known. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.